0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a fifteen hundred dollars first bet offer on your first wager.
1: All right, everybody, working up. Everybody's working.
0: For that time, jersey.
2: Sometimes I really regret that people can't always hear the pre-show topics that we rotate through for Times ours, even on a day like today, where we have a 53-man roster. We've got a 16—actually, I'm not sure if it's, Are we at 15 still? we got a as we record this, a very, if not completely full practice squad. We've got a couple of expected sort of fluid moves. We've got real news, real stuff to talk about here today, and we'll do so. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. But guys, there was one thing that we did not talk about before we started recording today that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to hold it back and, and present it here now because there was some news that is very relevant to specifically us and specifically to the wonderful outlet that we do this show for, being The Athletic. You guys both have a very active hand, I think. In making sure Alec Lewis is prepared to cover the Minnesota
3: Vikings.
2: (laughs) Alec has been doing tremendous work covering the Royals for the Athletic for a long time now. He's absolutely one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite media members to talk to. He makes... Baseball is none of our first loves here. Actually, it might have been mine chronologically, but not in uh, degrees of magnitude now. (laughs) Alec covered baseball as well as anybody. I loved having him here in Kansas City. He's now moving to the NFL side. And he's going to to Seth's neck of the woods here. So I just, I want to make sure that we give a, a congratulations to Alec and mostly that you guys prepare him for what's about to come next.
1: I am, I'm so happy for him. Um, and yet kind of, you know, for selfish reasons, um, it's not like I'm not going to read his work, but obviously he was- <laughs> As he a was boycott, I will not. Yeah, oh, it's a complete boycott. It was, but you no, know, like he was the one that I really trusted, you know, for royal's coverage and I hope our listeners did too. It's, it's wow. We go from Brady McCullough to Rustin Dodd to Alec Lewis. And, yeah, he's he's part of a lineage there. And I'm super pumped that this man chose, ladies and gentlemen, he chose to do this. he Seth, chose what has the, he chosen? He has chosen the responsibility to what, Seth? <laughs> Let
3: me just say there's... It's a very unique thing covering the Minnesota Vikings for two reasons.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> one is that the the fan base for the Minnesota Vikings, I think there's other fan bases that have an argument. I don't know if there's one that's more downtrodden than the Vikings fan base. They expect literally every bad thing to happen. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they're doing or why. Like when 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 my brothers-in-law came with me to a Chiefs game, they were like, Man, they were a bummer, and I love them both. But they were just—he's oh, gonna miss his field goal. He's gonna miss it. It was—it it was the 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 2018 Chiefs Ravens miracle comeback type game. They couldn't believe the Chiefs won. They couldn't believe it because they have seen every bad thing happen. They—they they have. So they're yeah. unique yeah. and they're fanatics. Right. Here's the other thing. Do I see? that Alec grew up in Birmingham, Alabama?
1: Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah. Are his his, uh, last few months of the year and first few months of the year going to be a little different? Is that what you're getting at?
3: Well, he covered the Brewers for a while. Here's the problem. He's going to think that Milwaukee... Mm. (laughs) I'm sorry. So, Milwaukee is... a great Uh, city it's a great city city. it's it's a little super
1: underrated
3: it's super underrated but it's also because it borders lake michigan so its weather is somewhat controlled by the existence of a giant lake and it's also significantly it's south of minneapolis (laughs) he thinks he knows what winter looks like god no idea (laughs) that that man has never walked out of a building now maybe he's visited minnesota or north dakota or one of these things but everyone always thinks they know because how i know someone doesn't know is when they tell me it's all the same below zero no
1: it's no it ain't no no
3: stop it it. you you my friend do not know because the difference between negative five and negative 25 is substantial and then you get to like the negative 40, negative 50 nights and those are just they just hit different and I don't know another <laughs> way of saying it. So Alec,
2: sorry man, wait. I'm I'm sorry on Alec's behalf. I was want to say that my headphones cut out there for a second. Did you say minus 50? Yeah, but we only usually hit that a couple like it happens once or twice a year. That's the temperature it is on like Venus. Not even it's hotter <laughs> on Venus. I picked the wrong. I picked the wrong planet. No, no that, yeah, that Venus is Neptune. crazy. You mean Pluto? Neptune, Neptune is. Yeah, Did you hear about I was, Pluto? Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that's temperature on Uranus, but I th- figured that would derail <laughs> the entire podcast, so
3: I panicked it's, and said Venus. It's fine. I'm that's out here making happened. psych references <sighs> that no one's gonna get. Um, Sorry. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> no, it just it's it's just gonna be a different world for him, and I will. I who live three hours north of the city, <laughs> so further still. <laughs> I will happily visit him some point and we'll, we'll go through the mall of America together. Like oh. good Minneapolis sites. We'll go to the park. We'll go, we'll go look at the waterfalls. It's going to be great. Apparently I'm going to ask Alec on a date sometime soon. <laughs> and we're <laughs> like, well. We're going to have a great time. I'm excited, but he's a great writer. Yeah. I'm excited for him. But like people really don't know until they live here, like what it's like to just wake up and it hasn't been above zero for three weeks God. And the snow has piled up and piled up. And then you see on the forecast that there's another 10 inches coming. And, and you just can't,
1: but you have to. And, and yes, <laughs> Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are your receivers. <laughs> And Kirk
2: Cousins, also your quarterback. (laughs) This is why I I wanted to ask both of you, because you just gave the Minnesotan answer and the NFL beat reporter answers to what (laughs) is around the corner for our dear friend Alec. And I'm very excited for him in this venture.
3: Yes. Happy, happy, happy coverage, Alec. Uh, You you (gasps) know, hope you felt warm for the final time. (laughs) <laughs> and i hope you've enjoyed being in a town where the quarterback situation is nirvana and you're about to turn back the clock <laughs> oh man i've looked it up here apparently the uh, median temperature
2: on mars is negative 85 so we're not that far mm. off mars and minnesota mm. pretty much uh, mm.
3: pretty much the same climate and nobody lives on mars so it's maybe you guys scary. should get the freaking hint it happens like once a year that you get to actual fifty. Now with wind chill, you hit it probably seven or eight times. Oh, but good. like, yeah,
2: no. Let's, let's count, just hey, wind you know what? Chill. let's count
3: the wind chill. Let's go ahead and count the wind chill. Let's go ahead and oh. factor that in. No, oh <laughs> man, those mornings where yeah, you you go outside and you you go <laughs> like you feel like you're being choked to death by the air. I hope it's he got.
2: It. I hope he's got a real nice jacket. <laughs> And by jacket, I, I mean a sleeping bag with arms and legs. It's just one full piece. Uh, anyway, there you go. There's, there's our worlds colliding as Alec moves so far north. Um, it's going to be so cold. But uh, best of luck. Let's talk about the roster. Let's actually do it. We've spent a long time right. waiting to have some news of some sort. We got the initial 53. There's some little stuff we already know about Elijah Lee currently on the practice squad after being released. We know the plan is for the Chiefs to bring him back after they IR Blake Bell. So a couple of things, you know, right out of the gate that are are pretty evident at this point. Um, but Nate, certainly a couple of, of surprises, uh, a couple of guys on either side of the cut line that I thought were mm-hmm. interesting. What did you see whenever the cutdowns were happening yesterday? Uh, you had the, uh, the practice squads get uh, either mostly or completely filled up today. It's been a busy afternoon. Uh, and then Brett Veach talks to the media as well. Piece together what you took away from all of this.
1: Yeah, this was... Quite different. And in some ways it's a good thing. And I think Brett explained it I thought pretty well earlier today on Wednesday, sort of after the fact. The idea is that is my fifty-three man roster projection wrong? Well, that's that's subjective. Um it was not <laughs> as a high clearance as I would have wanted, um, uh, based on percentages. You know, I had Danny Shelton on the roster, Darius Fountain, you know, I, I did not have, you know, Darren Kennard on the roster. You know, I did get Ronald Jones correctly, uh, so I guess I can, you know, shake my hand for that. But I think with Shane Bouchel being on the roster and having defensive ends like Malik Herring and Joshua Kando, they manipulated the transactions today. Like, they, like, and most teams are getting good at this, but the Chiefs, you know, were one of the teams today that felt like they kept who they wanted to keep regardless of... The NFL's mandated cutdown day, because practice squads are bigger now. It's sixteen. You can have uh, several veterans uh, who wouldn't normally fit the old school, you know, sort of parameters for practice squad players. It's fascinating to me that they are okay, Josh, with five receivers, while also pretty much telling everybody we like our depth on defense. We like it so much that we can keep Joshua Kendo and Malik Herring because we don't even want people to get a sniff of maybe claiming them on the waiver wire. It's fascinating to me that, yes, Shane Bouchelle played his way onto the roster. That is absolutely true. He has earned that spot. Obviously we don't know if he'll play, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be active on game day, which would be the same case for the ninth or 10th offense or defensive lineman. So when you put that into the equation, it's like, well, is he a player worthy of a spot? And are you preventing, like, I don't know, the Arizona Cardinals? Or, like, I don't know. Did you watch Hard Knocks? Looks like the Detroit Lions could use Shane Bushell, y'all. <laughs> um. So, when you put all that together, it's like they wanted to keep about 68 players. And they pretty much kept all 68. So, hey, the other thing that... Comes to mind is this concludes the Josh Gordon era. Yep. in Kansas yep. City, one touchdown did make the roster. Was never on the roster before the first preseason game. Didn't elevate himself in the three exhibitions. This further explains a how hard it is to uh, be a wide receiver in today's league. Because I think in maybe years past or maybe a decade ago, a player like Josh Gordon would be on the roster. And also, most middle-of-the-season acquisitions at wide receiver do not work out. Mm. So, this is just... He's just one guy on top of a long list that I've sort of gotten to know and understand. But they kept a lot of young guys from being on the waiver wire while also keeping, you know, rotational, valuable veterans who can go up and down the active rosters of practice guy, And that's very, like... We, I mean, we're super in the weeds now of football Mm -hmm. uh, transactions and player personnel decisions. And like, you know, hey, Austin Ryder, we're going to cut you. Hand me your phone for the next two hours. Mm -hmm. Actually, hand me your phone for the next 24. Okay? (laughs) Like, hey, Elijah, we love you. I'm going to show you this contract right now. The league tells me you and I cannot sign this, but it's right here, okay? <laughs> so don't take any of your stuff home. Like, <laughs> right, don't right. don't do that.
2: Hey, br- do that. bring in your playbook. Leave everything else in your locker.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just this is just procedural and we love you. So much so that we cut Jermaine Carter, which had to be done. By the way, kids, if you listen to the last episode, um <sighs> Yeah, dog. Yeah. He was probably the biggest disappointment of the preseason. But this
2: is, the, you're going to know the answer to this based off the fact that I'm asking him the question, but do you know who has, what? which two linebackers have the highest cap hit for the Chiefs in 2022?
1: Anthony Hitches, Jermaine
2: Carter. Thank you. Hey,
1: <laughs> there's a price for going young. That's true.
2: That's true. The 10th, the 10th youngest roster in football right now, according to... It's
1: either 10th or 11th. I have to double check. But a
2: spot we- this morning, it was at 10. Uh, who knows? Once they... You know, adjust things around. It's all decimal points and whatnot, but they're right, the cl- right. firmly in the bottom in that bottom third range right now, right. which is pretty impressive for a team that has the veterans it does, and also the the winning that it that it does.
1: Yep. Um, we can talk about that here in a minute, but um, but yeah, those are my those are my roster man- manipulation mechanisms procedural takeaways because I don't feel like they lost anybody that people were like, ooh, no, like Darius Fountain still on the roster. Austin Ryder, still on the roster. Like, you think Austin Ryder's playing before Darian Kennard? Get out of here. All right? So, hey, if Derek Nottie has a, a a nagging injury, well, let me introduce you to Danny Shelton in that A-gap. Uh, so, it, it all makes sense, and it's to the least benefit that the Chiefs figured this out, and more and more teams are doing the same.
2: I was going to say I can run down the, the list and the practice squad. I'll, just, I'll save us the time for now. But to your point, would what, you say that there are 65 players they wanted to keep around and um, they're all here? The only player who was claimed anywhere else was Matt Dickerson, who the Falcons claimed. I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't necessarily expect him to be a major practice squad candidate, honestly. And also Taylor Stallworth cut and practice squatted. Uh, Cornell Powell, as you mentioned, only keeping five receivers. Powell and Fountain both cut, both both on the practice squad. Yep. Uh, they did add Kendall Blanton, who they were looking at before he was claimed uh, whenever he was released from the Rams a little bit ago. The commanders claimed him. Now he's on the practice squad uh, to give a little more tight end depth there. So just like you said, I, I think that most of the names that we have said or talked about even around the bubble these, these last few weeks, they're, they're either on the roster or on the practice squad. Uh, so what do you make of all that, mm-hmm. Seth? Is anything jump out to you from the roster construction. Any of those names in particular? Anybody you're excited about or or sad about, depending on where they ended
3: up? Sure. There's two things that that are interesting to me. The first one is more like a general roster construction. If you look at every draft from 2019 until now, the Mm -hmm. vast majority of those players are still Chiefs. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of them. Every single one of them, because they 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 got Johnson back on the practice squad, so they've got all of this year's picks, which might seem like well, of course, but you know when you make three seventh round picks, and, yeah. and by the and way, and two of them felt like mm-hmm. locks by the end of the preseason. by, by the way, I'm I'm looking through Jalen Watson's film right now, and
1: yeah, he got some tape, y'all. Josh
3: Josh Williams better be careful because Fayetteville State because he's a he's a better athlete than Watson, but Watson, man, that that guy knows his zone concepts. And hey, Nate, remind me, does does Steve Spagnolo like corners who are good with zone concepts
1: or not like that? I can't remember. It, I mean, he he you know how Steve wants it. He just he, like Steve is the chef that's like, yeah, we could add something else to it. You want to? Yeah. <laughs> I mean we had you no, I haven't tried that. Put it in. Put it yeah, in. we'll put in. We'll put try it. Sprinkle,
3: do, do, sprinkle
2: it, does,
1: it in for e
3: Spagnuolo me. Does utilize zone blitzes? That's weird. Oh, um, oh. He, and so Watson, and, and I'm only through a game and a half now, so inevitably at some point during this episode, Josh is gonna ask me a question. I'm gonna be like, yeah, you don't want that. And he'll be like, you're not listening, are you? will be like, what? Because I'm charting Jalen <laughs> Watson snaps. But sometimes
0: <laughs> the, the <laughs> I <laughs>
2: feel bad because you, you will go more than either Nate or I. You will go like five minutes without saying a syllable. And I start to get a feeling like oh, I got to make sure he pass the ball around here. I got to yeah, remember let's... that you're just off on the side chart and snaps.
3: Yeah, I yeah. this people ask me, how do you do it, Seth? I do it by doing multiple things badly at once. That's <laughs> how I do it. That's the secret. So it's just interesting, though, because so they got every single one of their guys from 2022. All but one from 2021 because Powell didn't make it or he in the practice squad.
2: I can, can I can I make this real easy for you? Yeah, um, it's going to start with something painful, which is giving credit to Jason Anderson, who brought this to the show today and, and tweeted it out as well. <laughs> over the last four years, the Chiefs have drafted 28 players. Counting Niang on the pup, 24 of those picks are on the roster. And that was wow. not including Cornell Powell or Naze Johnson, who are both in the practice squad this year. So, so 20. Yeah. So all but two. Darwin Thompson and Bo Pete Keys are the two sixth and seventh round picks are the two guys over these last four years. Not currently on the roster. Yeah, we are not, not talking about the draft class before
3: that. That draft Woo! class
2: no. has Derek Naughty and a bunch of static crit for me. And who doesn't okay. need, does need to get that first one out of the way? Sometimes you got to be really Just. bad at something once before you can be good at it.
3: Yeah,
1: that's uh, who's among us. Which we should tell everybody in Chicago. Hey, 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 sometimes the first one. Bit rough. You gotta throw I, out the first pancake. I don't the know what these scouts are. Sir. I just you got just, here. Yeah, exactly just right. Got, like I, they wouldn't let me take the board. Or, you know. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. Like, like they, they took my phone. They took all the screenshots away. They took all like, the emails. They took all the files. Chats. Like I couldn't. Like I had to. I was trying to memorize the board off my eyelids, guys. <laughs> like I, like, like, I don't know. It's, like I just met Eberfuse. You want, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you say we have a quarterback. You say he's young. Oh,
0: yeah. okay.
1: Well, that I mean, funny. look, all these receivers are great, but I can't get them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you seen the offensive line? Hey, we oh. need to really help Bob
3: Sutton. Let's draft six defensive players.
1: <laughs> I mean, they try. We try. I mean, we try.
2: Oh, uh,
3: yeah.
1: And, so, and anyway, look, hey, 26 you know what? To
2: 28 on, on the <laughs> roster in
3: some form or fashion. That's really great. That's awesome by them, and and some of them, you know, every one of them. Like when I when you look on here, so we'll we'll start back to 2019. Nick Allegretti, not a starter, but he has an important role on the team.
1: Probably the best Rash- backup lineman they got.
3: Yeah, Rashad Rashad Fenton, important role on the team. Colin Saunders, he's struggled with some injuries, but on the roster, Juan Thornhill, important role on the team. Michael Hardman, important role on the team. Mike Dana significant rotational snaps, Legereus I'm just going up a
1: list here. I'm not cherry picking. Hey, hey,
3: I, I, I skipped Keyes, who's not we, on the team.
1: We all know Mike Dana starting in week seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. Yep. We just, yep. you just kind of know Mike Dana is going to start at some point this season. And, you know, he can be a spot starter. That's, that's totally within his realm of, of capabilities. Yep.
3: It, it it's definitely interesting because mike dana really has overachieved a great deal oh
1: incredible i and didn't even know who dude was Nobody they picked him did. and i was like "Who?" yeah so, and, and then he played as a rookie and he was like it you know, played well yeah. yeah played well for like yep. he he is an overachiever at every stage of his career much like i say like look i understand that there's some people out there that say. All, all they wanted to see on Tuesday, even though they knew it already existed. But I, I saw the comments. I saw y'all shouting from whatever section that, like, hey, as long as Ben Neiman and Dan soroson are not on this <laughs> list, we've already won. But you forget that, like, Ben Neiman and Dan Sorsen way overachieved. Okay, oh, yeah. like, it, like it, it, way, it, it, way, it way, 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 way overachieved. It, it infuriates me to to a great end that like we can kind of remember rotational average bit players for like their great heights, but this like get him off my team. And it's like, <laughs> have you? I'm sorry. Have you noticed what the NFL is every three years? Like, what are yeah. you like? What, what, what? They drafted ten guys. <laughs> like. I wish.
3: I I wish. I really wish that Spags or whoever made the call here hadn't put Sorensen in the position he got put in last year. Cause his, his legacy as a chief would be remembered very differently if he mm. just hadn't played last year. it had been like, man, thanks for the memories, Dan, you really gave it everything you had. Right. And then now instead it's like, good God, have mercy. What happened? But so this is just, it's just interesting to me because my, my point in kind of listing off some of these guys is outside of a few positions where it's arguable uh, like like Clyde Edwards Alaire, which is one that I know sticks in a lot of people's craw. And <coughs> <it's>, sorry, I <laughs> have a cold and also had something stuck in my craw. There's not there's not like there's spots that have been handed out. Like Creed Humphrey yeah. had to beat out an average veteran for his job. Trey Smith wasn't even on the radar until he just took it. Right. I mean Nick Bolton, who I, every time I talk about Nick Bolton, I have to like I don't know eat a crow or put egg on my face or whatever. I'm just like, that's going to be stuck in your craw for weeks, man. Don't do that. (laughs) Okay. Yes. I'm a million years old. We get it.
2: No, I think, no, it's a funny phrase. I I like the phrase stuck in your craw. I just was, I was just building on it, man. Not every yes
3: (laughs) and is about how old you are. And you are very Very old. Well, most of the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, However, and so there's just a lot of these guys have not been just handed spots. They've really earned it. It's kind of like, I was really worried about the relying on so many young guys on defense this year. Like, especially I was like, man, they're really relying on Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis and maybe Brian Cook as well. And then I watch those guys play and I'm like, huh, I, I think it's going to be all right. And we'll see because they're rookies. And I I just I'm, I've been hurt before. It's impressive what they've done while still keeping around a lot of their veterans. And while still so you've got like kind of this like. You, you, there's not like a lot of middle age in in NFL years on the Chiefs. Like I suppose that's like Mahomes at this point, yeah. right? He's like the dude between the age of you know 26 and and 31,
1: where that you you got. It's just kind of interesting to me. And yeah, a who a- a- <laughs> a- a- who who from the 2017 class is still on the roster.
3: <laughs> that would be that would be Patrick LeVon Mahomes the second. You want to you want
1: to
2: dip back to 2016 roster if that's the age you're looking for as well. There mm -hmm. is one guy
3: on this roster from that draft class. Yep. Big man. And it's 95. And it's definitely obviously you're going to I mean, that's that's the state of the NFL. You know, you lose a lot of guys after that first, you know, that first rookie contract because they either aren't that good. And so you're like, yeah, whatever. Or. They play their way into a huge contract and they go. Yep. And that's, that's often what you, what you see happen or, you know, like, like Mitch Morse. I'm sure they'd love to have Mitch Morse around. They don't need him because Creed Humphrey's awesome. But like, he just Buffalo was like, Hey, look, here's a giant sack of money. And he was like, sweet. You know, I mean, I would have taken it too. I have a new large adult son. So the pain has receded. <laughs> there, there's one exception to this though. Like, and this is just, it's such a nitpick. Cause I like the roster top to bottom, the rookies, have shown out in preseason. Now we'll see, right? There's a lot of caveats here. Cause I'm gonna be writing, I think, my like fifth glowing review of a rookie during preseason. And I'm really afraid, unless Jalen Watson's play in the last game just falls off the planet, and I don't think it does. He looks like he looks startable. Like, not like he's he'd be a star, but he looks like a guy you could put on the field. And that's incredible because he was yeah. a seventh-round draft pick. But Hopefully one of them is going to betray me. I know it's going to happen. Probably not intentionally, but maybe. Who knows? Here's the the one thing I can't get past. I don't know if you guys watched Josh Kando much during the preseason. Oh, I did. I I don't understand why do they need six defensive ends?
1: What uh, you wanna you wanna Josh you wanna share what Veach said earlier today? That was yeah,
3: quite, well, quite telling. Well, so in, I'll let
2: you do that. I'll, I'll say the one thing that, that I uh, had uh, brought to my attention, which is the note that Malik Herring was listed as suffering an oblique injury uh, after the third mm-hmm. preseason game. And so that that has you wonder, like, hey, could he maybe get a little quick IR-stit? And then if you bring back up uh, Taylor Stallworth or, or Danny Shelton, you could end up with your 5-5 five and five instead of the 6-4 and four they have there right now. Mm-hmm. That was what I was thinking when you were talking about it on the radio today at, like, noon. So then Brett Veach talked and detailed both some of the – well, uh, th- the reason history at the position, needing more numbers there, which is kind of interesting when you know uh, who that
1: makes some implications about. Woof. So, essentially, Brett Veach acknowledged that, hey, man, I don't know if I can trust 17 games out of uh, some of our defensive ends. You know, some of them are long in the tooth. Um, a couple of them have fangs. And we need to, <laughs> you know, we just, we, we need that insurance. Now... I'm going to say this for different circumstances. There was a player that was a defensive end last year, and suddenly he wasn't on the team. And despite... Oh, my God. Are we getting...
2: Sorry. this, this I haven't given any thought to this, Nate. Are you about to call for the return? One, 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 more, one more final tour?
1: Look, I'm doing the best I can within the rules that I've been given. Um, Now, look, for for whatever reason, you know, that player uh didn't make it. And he was claimed on the waiver wire, and he just so happened to play defensive end. So, in essence, (sighs) young players, you can still develop at a key position where you need some rotational depth. And um, if you, ma'am, are concerned about Frank Clark playing 17 games (laughs) or Carlos Dunlap, sir, yes, I hear you. I hear you. I see. I see. If you, sir are interested about Carlos Delma who got, you know, some Achilles stuff, but hey, he was out there on Tuesday. But mm-hmm. hey, you know, Achilles can flare up because checks, notes year thirteen at year thirty three. Yeah, yeah. I mean it makes you mm-hmm. know it makes his head. Hey, George Loftus can't play autumn Snaps Dog. Even though, try though. Even though, yeah, even though <laughs> even though, I mean, he did acknowledge himself he did acknowledge that y'all can call him Furious George. So listen, son, if you're gonna do yep. that, you got to be on the field all day, every day. Like you, you got to be. I'm talking so many hands in the dirt that it don't even make sense. But <laughs> he's he, got four
2: hands in the dirt.
1: How does he do I, it? I, I, don't know. I, I don't even know. Don't even know. But his his hand is always in the dirt. He always ready and. If he likes that y'all call him Furious George, well now he's going to have to play 100% of all the defensive snaps, which is physically impossible for a defensive end, but this is this is now the expectation, young sir. Um, mm-hmm. but in reality, Brett Veach believes that defensive ends and cornerbacks are usually the players that get plucked the most from a waiver wire situation after you trim your roster to 53. So, I think Malik Herring has probably shown more progress, more promise than Joshua Kando so far, but those players know your system. You give them more time. And who knows, you know, for Malik Herring, this, this is essentially his rookie year because he spent all of last year rehabbing. And then for Joshua Kendo, he only played three games last year before he got hurt. So he, in essence, is also a rookie too.
2: Um, Now, Seth, you know, I, I hate for the listeners to be left out. You know, and sometimes we play the read Nate's mind game and I'm, you know, incredibly good at that. Uh, you're incredibly good at that. I, of course... Definitely know who Nate was referring to, what that coded message is. But I just want to make sure you knew exactly what that was about, because I definitely do and definitely didn't get a little bit confused partway through because I thought it was somebody else.
3: I definitely am appreciative of your faith in me. Yeah. And would never intentionally let you down. Appreciate that. Oh, I'm done. I, uh, <laughs> 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 what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing, and Nate, correct me if I'm this wrong, is just, but and,
2: you know, not to an extent it's going to get you in trouble, Nate. I'm just saying, right, that, right, I'm right, saying right, that the right. Nate game got a little too vague even for me just then. And so now I am, yeah, like, I, I'm just going to tell you that I Googled to see if Alex Okafor was on a team and I, but ultimately I don't think that's the name
3: that you were trying to transport into my brain telepathically. I, I would just say that what hypothetically the Chiefs may have thought they were going to be able to keep someone, and that person got claimed on but waivers, that, and it made them gun shy. Got it. Yes. Okay. All right. right. So, yes. I see. I was like, I really, man, you guys have, you guys
2: really liked Matt Dickerson a lot more than I thought you did, because <laughs> he's the only guy who got claimed today. I see what you're, you're saying. You think they've perhaps learned a lesson about uh, uh about From the you, yeah. the risk on yeah. the defensive end?
1: Uh, yeah, from, numbers game. From a year, sure. Yeah, from a year, from it. a year. Got it. A year ago, a defensive end who was projecting to be on the roster suddenly wasn't, and then he was claimed by a team who also plays in the NFL. <laughs> 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 well,
2: now that you basically gave the whole game away, Nate. I mean, my goodness, you <laughs> you said it was an NFL team. It's uh,
1: a journey, and that's that's why it's all enjoyable. It's you know from start to finish. I'm sure people are googling now who really, really care and wondering what happened to that gentleman. And if you find me at a Kansas City establishment, not on a recorded device, then I can tell you what happened.
2: Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember if that, where that gentleman is right now. But i you know, that's fine. I, we don't have to talk about it anymore.
1: Where that where, uh, that, where that good sir is, that good lad.
2: Where is that young? Where is that young lad? Uh, so Nate, uh, you get to uh, you get to bow out early here uh, because you are uh, are celebrating and a. Uh, Decade of what I am going to just assume has been nothing but pure marital bliss. Uh, <laughs> yes, so
1: congratulations
2: <laughs> to you and Holly, but mostly congratulations to
1: you. Yeah, it's really her. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Um, when when you've when someone has gotten to know you this intimately for this long, it's it's a great benefit uh, for for me. So no, i I'm super. Um, Excited! I don't know, like, when's the last time I dipped out of the show early? But I, I appreciate you, fellas. Like never. Uh, well, you know, I mean,
2: <laughs> you don't get the Batman exit like Seth does. Seth sometimes really takes don't. the Batman exit. I don't, I don't you're either think... here, or you're out. But
1: yeah, right, true. But um, but no, it's been it's been ten years. I'm I'm working on my anniversary. Thanks, NFL. Um, by the <laughs> way, by the way, children, um, uh, when you get married, uh, you know, you schedule it the best you can. It's a wonderful experience. Um, you know, so many memories. And, you know, at some point, in a different phase of your life, career, mostly, um that date all of a sudden becomes the NFL's date.
0: <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's
1: like, uh, uh, you, 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 you always want to cut them down before Labor Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we got married because I mean, Labor Day weekend just sound like time like an awesome time. What and I? Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, time, things change, but but uh, my love for for Holly Taylor hasn't. It's only grown and
2: beautiful. That right there was. You're a writer, man. That was incredible.
1: Oh, uh, so on on that note, um, I want you all to know that. Uh, obviously, I'm on end of the show, but.
2: <laughs> yes, So one of us is gonna have to do that today.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, Phyllis, something that I've waited to tell you here that is oh. very minimal in comparison to my 10 uh wedding anniversary.
2: I can't wait. All
1: right, so, hey, so I thought you were paying
2: attention for this one because I'm gonna need you from here on out in the show. Mode. I'm
1: right here. All right. Um bit of a preview. <sighs> now look, this is happening on Thursday, uh at six o'clock, is my understanding. Um We know that we are the show. We we were the first people to plant our flag on this real estate. Mm. It is important that everybody acknowledge that. And fellas, the Kansas City Chiefs acknowledged it. Because on the team's video series, the franchise. Get out. Most of it tomorrow will feature Jody Fortson with a few sound bites from the man who was speaking before you. Unbelievable! <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> this is what you this is what you lifted all those weights for. Yeah. This is
2: it! This is yeah. the, this is the mountaintop!
1: They they said they said, wow, uh Johnny Forces made the team, came back from an Achilles injury early, uh, looks to be on his way. Who could give grand perspective on this man's journey? Yes! And they asked me. Little Obi. So oh, I'm so excited. Hope everybody <laughs> enjoys it. And yet again, Jody Fortson in this show. Forever linked. All right? Forever.
3: Yeah. Beautiful.
2: That is fantastic. You could say that's more beautiful than your 10 year anniversary, but I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> rank the the power of those. Uh cause that's uh I we we are closer to the ten year anniversary of our love of Jody Fortson than you might think. We're we're Few years deep in the paint on this one. Uh, that is, I will never forget writing a. Excuse me,
3: I will never forget writing like a month. I will never forget writing a a piece about Jody Fortson in the 2019 preseason. Yes, we've been here a minute, and Nate is bringing us home. That's awesome. That's so good, uh, Nate. Do you uh, before I let you go? Last thing, do you think that
2: he will ask you to deliver his uh, Hall of Fame induction in a few years?
1: Oh, that is, you know, Josh. That's that's a great question. Um, I hope Valdosta State understands who we are as of right now, because I mean, he's clearly going to that school's. Oh, Hall dude, of we fame. gotta go. We I mean, gotta we, be there. I mean, we, we literally have to go to Georgia. Um. So yes, I you know. Uh, whenever the State wants to give us a call, we will gladly answer that. You know, Kenton Ohio, I mean they clearly know what we do for a living, so we don't have to, to we don't have to, you know, sort of advertise or sort of lobby uh for such a for such a distinguished honor. Um, but also, fellas, you know, Thursday, uh after the preseason finale, got to go back into the locker room. You know? Yeah. Got to got to feel that old thing again. The whole <laughs> thing of like, <light. laughs> hey dog. You showered? Do hey, you didn't dog? think we were coming back in here? again, you, you feel good? You ready to talk? We make eye contact. Let's let's do this thing. Me, me and Chris Jones had a wonderful moment where I was like, hey, Chris, obligatorily, I have to ask you, how excited are you to prepare for the Arizona Cardinals? And this man looked at me and smiled and said, Nate, I've been doing it since the first preseason game. And I was like, oh, we back. Oh, that's, that's a good quote. Um, somebody else, I think it was like, I, I don't know if it was Darius Harris, but he said, handle, you know, I handled my business or he said Whoa. something about handling Whoa. business. And I was like, yes, Lord.
2: raised yes. the eyebrows a little yes. bit. Like, Hey, Darius, I, I know you're, you got, okay, Can I say that your podcast app of choice? Let me check. Let me take a quick peek at your podcast app of choice.
1: And the last player that I talked <laughs> to before Mr. Brad G said, okay, Nate, um, you can move on now. You, can, you think you can Brad do your job. to show? Who knows? Oh,
3: um, I don't know. Hey Brad. Who knows? It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Who he, knows? He was um, off in the corner in the, of the locker room playing closing time on a piano.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he asked, he's like, Hey, yeah, uh, you know, that, that will conclude today's post game comments. And the last player I talked to was Jody Fortson. And, uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. And obviously he knew that, you know, this video uh this chapter in the video series is coming out and um, it was really cool to be a part of it. Um and yeah, me and Jody Fortson uh close together again, me representing on behalf of Times Rs. Uh we would like to congratulate you, sir, on on making the roster yet again. I literally did that. I was like, hey, so like just so you know, you ain't gotta sweat on Tuesday, dog. You ain't you ain't gotta sweat. And he was like yeah, I'm super excited. I was like, yeah, you should be. You should be. Because yeah. this is the first time ever since 2019 that, like, you don't have to sweat. And, like, God, I can't imagine how satisfying that is. So that was cool. that was a really cool interaction. Um, and then it was like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I got to come back here and, like, talk about you on video the next day.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Got to tell the story. They, 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 The Chiefs were like, hey, we need a storyteller. Yep. We need somebody who's been on this grind from the beginning. Yeah, one man. That man was you. That's beautiful, oh, Nate. Unbelievable. Uh, get get out of here. Go go celebrate this uh, this beautiful decade, and we will uh, we'll talk to you again. Definitely, we'll we'll do. Uh, I don't. You know what? I'm not gonna say We're gonna do the next show because we don't really know. We'll do another show very soon, though. So we'll uh, yeah.
1: We'll at get some back. point, we've, we'll figure it out.
2: We're gonna have a pretty regular schedule again once the, the games actually start. So I think from that point, we should be pretty locked in. But we'll get there when we get there. Enjoy the uh, the anniversary and the uh, the new level of stardom that's going to come from being the voice of a Hall of Fame career. Well, now that we got professional journalist and all-around good guy Nate Taylor out of the way, Seth, you and I can finally do what we do best, which is just listen to ourselves talk, Uh, and in your case, uh, specifically about uh, your recent piece up in the Chief of the North newsletter, that's mnchiefsfan.substack.com, bit.ly slash SethReallyHatesMoney to subscribe for $12 a day. Nope, $12 a month. Nope, $12 (laughs) a year. That's the real one. The other ones I said were jokes. Um, and you've most re- recently uh, written about Leo Chanel. Um, is he a uh, is he a one man wrecking crew? Can he not move side to side? Is there some truth somewhere in the middle? Uh, what did you see whenever you went back to look at Leo Chanel
3: in the preseason? Um, you know, there really is some some truth to both of those things. Um he, he can move side to side, just not super well right now. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that, though. I, it's it's impossible to say at this point in his career whether that is a physical limitation or just not. Um, he, he is not used to having to read routes and read route combinations. And so he's thinking. And sure, you want thoughtful players, but you want players where you can't even tell they're thinking because there's not time to. This is top gun, my friend. Yeah, no time to think up there. You Think and you're dead, man. How good was Top Gun Maverick? Really I good. Mean, I yeah. I watched Top Gun the day before I
2: went and saw <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, and <laughs> I I, really en- I, I enjoyed them both. I yeah. uh, and I, now I get like eighty more percent of the references of my uh, of my slightly older peers. It's really helpful. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Well, that's 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 life living in the danger zone, my friend.
2: <laughs> we we briefly we briefly had a, a technical sort of thing as uh, Nate was was uh, exiting and we were getting going again and you didn't hear me say this, but I just yelled,
3: talk to me goose. There
2: we go. That's for all the dads out there.
3: See? Yeah, exactly. Everyone, everyone gets that reference now.
2: Um, I made that reference to Renee in passing conversation, like, two days after I saw Top Gun, and then she just stared blankly back at me, and I went, sorry, I just watched Top Gun. And she, the look on her face looked like I might as well have told her that I was developing a hard drug addiction. She was like, <laughs> sorry, are you a guy that references Top Gun now? And I just like, maybe, are, maybe
3: I am. There are deal breakers. <laughs> she will be through you through debilitating... <laughs> Disease and uh-huh. weakness of that sort. But yes. this is a bridge too far, my friend. So far the wedding's still on, but it, it did oh. there, I saw something in her eyes
2: just then that was uh, but I can only resemble as questioning her life choices.
3: Yeah, sure, sure. Now yeah, no, that's cool. That's perfectly normal. My wife does it all the time. <laughs> so so I'm sure you're fine. That's what um, I knew what it looked with, like. I've just been around you two at the same time <laughs> With with Leon Chanel. Leo Chanel, he it, it's tough to say whether it's a physical or mental limitation. He does not play as athletically as he tests. And that's something we talked about during the pre-draft process too. People are comparing him to Luke Keekley, they're comparing him to Willie Gay Jr., they're comparing him to these elite athletes at the linebacker position and it just you don't see that mm. with how he moves in space. His change of direction is not terrific. Um you can tell me about his three cone time whatever, I don't care. What the film shows right now, he's not a great change of direction guy. Start stop, that kind of stuff. He can accelerate he can close out on the sideline. He he can move. He's not a stiff out there, but he is not a great athlete, at least right now. Whether that's just a physical thing or a mental thing is tough to say. Nick Bolton looks more fluid now, I would argue, than he did a lot of his career in college because he just gets it. He, he processes things so quickly that it makes up for any real or perceived physical limitations he has. So with Chanel, the interesting question for him is going to be, how does that change over time? Because we saw with Nick Bolton, he adapted to coverage very quickly. And one thing that makes me consider it with Chanel, he wasn't asked to do a ton in coverage in college. And he already shows an excellent, especially for a rookie, understanding of run fits and how to flow to the play, what gaps to fill, how to adjust based on cutbacks. He does that really well already. And so to the point that it wouldn't surprise me, I know they brought back Elijah Lee. It wouldn't surprise me if Chanel ultimately gets the the nod as the third linebacker, because generally speaking, that third linebacker, you're going to be looking more rundown situations there. And he is better than Lee, I think, in those situations, although Lee acquitted himself really well in preseason, too.
0: So... When you
3: say when you
0: say
2: eventually or, or down the road or whatever, do you, do you get a feel for that? Like in terms of all that development, like mentioning Nick Bolton is interesting, where that was a trait that we saw him pick up really quickly. I think at the NFL levels. I mean, I I am a, a buyer of Leo Chanel's physical traits. I have been a questioner of of how quickly he can be on the field and not be a liability.
3: Well, and, and that'll be the thing, you know, it, they, they can limit his his coverage responsibilities sure. in large part, especially when there's three linebackers on the field. And one of them is Willie Gay Jr., you know, because mm-hmm. they, they he covers well. Bolton has shown a lot more aptitude in that area, at least so far. He, he's still not like a plus, plus, plus player in that area. We don't want to get that messed up, but he can do it. So I, I would say with Chanel, you can get him on the field. And I think he's athletic enough to where it's not like a physical limitation that you can just expose over and over and over like you would see at times with 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 Anthony Hitchens, for example, playing kind of a different position. But that's the, the example is Hitch in certain positions didn't matter if he did everything right. He just couldn't keep up. And Chanel, that's not him. He He should be able to, you know, you're not going to run the same route at him twice in a row and he just can't cover it. Because he is yeah. athletic enough to close when he can anticipate it. The thing is, though, Bolton showed an aptitude for this stuff and developing mentally in a way that most rookies don't. Right, There's a reason that you don't see a lot of guys develop as quickly as Nick Bolton did, because most guys just can't do it. And it's not like just a... I'm sure some of it is a grit and a toughness thing and mentality and all that. Sure, that does matter. You know, being, being 10% tougher... 10% more willing to just work 10% harder. All those things matter, sure. But like we said, or actually, I, I think I said this last time, you know, Rudy was a great story, but he would have died if he'd have played longer. <laughs> Nick Bolton has the physical traits as well, right. but he, he, so you can combine those, but not everyone can do what Nick Bolton has done because the, that that aptitude, that, that plus ability to process, we don't know if Chanel has that. He shows it against the run, whether that's learned over the course of years or something he just has an aptitude for. We'll see. So I I don't expect him. Plus, he's got the disadvantage of this is something Willie Gay and Nick Bolton didn't really have to fight. They didn't have Willie Gay and Nick Bolton playing in front of them. Yeah. Whereas the Chiefs now have a pair of competent to maybe well above competent linebackers. And so there's just not going to be a lot of reasons for him to see the field. So I'm. I'm cautiously, I guess I would say, I, I would say I'm optimistic for a rookie for Leo Chanel, but I'm pessimistic compared to what the expectations of him have been due to like, people love hearing guys talk about violence and physicality, right? Yeah. But that, that, that the, 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 they're great sound bites and he is super physical. He knocked a fullback just completely off his rocker. He's able to knock a center to the side and make a great play in the backfield But those things aren't 100% translatable all the time playing linebacker in the modern NFL.
2: I almost butted in with this earlier and uh, uncharacteristically decided to keep it to myself until it came up in a more natural time. So here we are. This is my reward. Last year, the thing that I had a more strongly um, negative opinion on and then kind of backed off of a little bit by week one was Chris Jones at defensive end. It just seemed like one of those things where I remember saying like you can't this isn't Madden you can't just move a guy from one spot to the other and hope his numbers go up and it'll be like oh I don't know I'll buy into it I could see Chris Jones you know just eating dudes alive on the edge there's a chance right the the thing that I remember saying right after the draft this is this is very apropos I think for Chanel more so than even the rest of the group but really for the group as a whole is that I've expected there to be defensive growing pains when you now after we know what the fifty three man roster looks like. This is a young group, and we knew that coming in, but whenever you start asking your questions about Carlos Dunlap or Frank Clark and the number of games they're going to play or not having either of the veteran defensive tackles make the initial roster in favor of essentially a couple of young edge rushers, all of these linebackers are young. Um, all mm-hmm. of the secondary are babies. They are football babies. Religious Sneed right. is like the grizzled vet. I I still and and, and Justin Reed uh, a bit of a calling him a veteran is kind of overselling it I think but he's been in the league he's on the second team which isn't true for almost any of the rest of these guys <laughs> he's he's entering this defense for the first time I am still I think expecting and totally cool with there being some some growing pains as long as the defense is in a better spot in November than it is today I I'm I'm sticking to my guns on that one even though I I have been pleasantly surprised by both hearing from the players and spags and pressers and what we've seen in the preseason that it it seems like it's in a pretty good place as a unit but i i'm i need you to help me recalibrate on this one because i i want to find a spot somewhere between um pollyanna ish and total hater on on just th- expecting
3: there to be a couple times where the defense looks young for lack of a better word Sure. Well, the defense is incredibly young. I mean, they, they, they've they got multiple guys that are rookies that they're counting on. They've got multiple guys that are second- or third-year players that they're counting on. Um, that's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say this. I am more encouraged than I was to start the preseason. Yeah, same. When I was just, okay, well, these guys are young. You're going to have a lot of growing pains. Um, <clears throat> McDuffie and Karloftis in particular – um, those are two guys they're leaning very heavily on. Mm-hmm. And both of them looked like, particularly McDuffie. McDuffie was really impressive. I was so, when he got hurt for a little bit there, I was like, ah, but. <coughs> this Excuse show got a lot
2: flimmier when Nate left.
3: Yeah, I don't know what my deal is. Um, So, and it's not really getting better either. So this will be an interesting, t- as I slowly choke on my own spit. For all I of briefly, to hear.
2: I briefly had the thought of, oh, God, I hope I didn't get Seth sick. It would be impossible.
3: You live hundreds yeah, that of miles would be away, weird. but <laughs> podcast together. So um, McDuffie in particular has played so well. And Karloftis has played really well in his own right that the, the big thing for them is like, you know, the defense really needs both of them to be above average players, to have yeah. a shot at being better mm-hmm. than last year. And both of them look like above average players already. And so then it becomes like, well, can someone else come in, just one guy, and be even kind of average? Can can Cook be average? And does he really need to? Because you know who was just knocking the snot out of everyone in preseason? Deion Bush. Yeah. And so, like, Brian Cook, I think will get the nod over him. But Bush looked like a, a decent enough player to be that third safety. Yeah. And so... I mean, can can Cook be that guy? Can Chanel be just like an average Sam? Can Josh Williams be average? Can Jalen Watson be average? And now, you're, if if you really are like, yeah, no, these two guys really are going to be above average, and you just need one of these like four guys to be average, those odds are a little better. And so, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about the defense as a whole, with the caveat: these are rookies. They're gonna you're gonna have some week where George Karloftis gets destroyed. I I, I would think. Because it happens to almost every rookie.
2: It would be um, it did- wild for a rookie to have 17 consecutive perfect
3: games. That that would be yeah. beating Or even 17 consecutive good games. You know sure. what made Creed Humphrey so weird last year? Is mm. he didn't have a single game where he was less than really good. Yeah. And it was constant. I mean, he was just constantly good. That's what separated him from Trey Smith. Trey Smith was really good the majority of the time. But he had some games where he had some really rough snaps. And that's much more normal. And that's a good rookie season, right? Yeah. Like yeah. a really good rookie season. And so like Trey Smith is more like the really good rookie season that you shouldn't generally expect for guys. Um, and and but I mean it'll be it'll be really interesting. I'm I'm more optimistic than I was, but you should expect to have some week where Trent McDuffie gets worked over because that yeah. that happens to every corner. And so the 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 key is are they consistently decent? Because if they are, the defense is faster, it is more physical, and there's good reason to say, you know what, I think they're going to be all right this year. I think we've covered pretty
2: much everything that we like needed to get to today, and then it struck me that just the timing of the last couple of episodes is that your Patrick Mahomes film review against Washington came out after the most recent episode we've done, you don't need to go through all your methodology and everything. I will just make the point um, that people can go check this out and anyone can read it if you're somehow listening to this show and you haven't pulled the trigger on the Chief of the North newsletter. And then This one's unlocked for everybody if you want to see how Seth reviews Mahomes uh, in as much or as little time as you have or want to devote to it, Seth. Um, do, do you have anything still to this day now? We, we are a little bit removed, I know. But, but did you have anything from Patrick Mahomes against Washington that? that jumped out to you as is that you thought, ah, yes, it's just going to be very good to have football back again very soon. Or Patrick Mahomes plays
3: all four quarters. I mean, he looks incredible. Yeah. Um, I would say the thing that I noticed was he picked up right where he left off. No, let me rephrase that. He picked up right where he left off. If you ignore the last half of football that he, he played,
2: he picked up right before he left off.
3: Yeah. Right before he had some kind of out of body experience he, he showed against Washington in really all preseason. He played as well as he was playing in the first half against the Bengals, as well as he was playing against the Bills, as well as he's playing against the Browns before. I mean, like, I mean, it was just or not the Browns, sorry, but uh, the Steelers, he just he was taking everything that the defense gave him. And when the defense didn't give anything, he took it. <laughs> uh, like you know what I mean yeah, it's like yeah. oh yeah you're giving this to me I will accept it so that's a better way. he was accepting everything the defense gave him rather than trying to force anything and when they didn't give anything he just took it and it's unstoppable when he's like that that's why I still talk about that that Chiefs-Bills divisional round it is the best quarterback game I've ever charted because the he not only was essentially perfect and made no mistakes and made the right play every time there were multiple times where the Bills who have a good defense made a great play and he just took it said, nope. And that's what separated it from other great quarterback performances that were almost flawless is they didn't have to like on 10 different occasions, just create yards out of thin air. He was doing that against Washington. He was doing both. Um, and that's really good to see. Another thing that I'm just really curious about, we'll see because it's tough to change things about yourself as the years go by. But one thing I saw that he's actually talked about a little bit is he seems like he is trying to have better footwork on quick short throws. Hmm. Like we're talking, Mm -hmm. you know, quick wide receiver screens, RPOs. You can see the effort there and he looks more accurate because that is an area that has been, he's been around average there. Because yeah, he can get the throw off a, you know, not even a 10th, like a hundredth of a second faster, but you sacrifice all your footwork and so your accuracy is gonna be a little more shaky. Whereas now he's still getting the throw off faster than everyone else but his feet are a little bit better and you're seeing a little more accuracy in terms of ball placement that allows the play to go just a little bit faster because they're catching the ball in stride. So that's something to watch for. I'm excited for it. And it's, he, man, he's just so good at football.
2: <laughs> I've enjoyed the preseason for what it was. I know we've talked about this over the course of the show. I, I enjoyed the first breath of training camp and then I enjoy the first couple games of the preseason. And now we're here. We enjoyed talking about the roster and all of those things. I'm ready to watch Patrick Mahomes play football again for a meaningful game that matters. Uh, which is good news is that we're very, very near that point. And if you need any more coverage on any level of that, of course, you can check out all of Nate's work. He's on Twitter at by Nate Taylor, and then of course on the athletic.com Seth is on Twitter at fan. Then you have uh, the Chief the North newsletter mnchiefsfan.substack.com. I am at JB Brisco. You can find me all across the board over at Sports Radio Eight Ten WHB, um, and, and all over the place. Follow me on Twitter. We all put all of our stuff out there. Uh, and I haven't said this in a long time, but if you are a listener of Times R's and you've not left a review anywhere, uh, maybe over on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts, review for Apple Podcasts are meaningful. Apparently, that's what they tell me. So you can leave <laughs> us a review over there, share it with a friend, and uh, you can you can have. Uh, anyway, you want to listen to it through the uh, athletic app or wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. If you're not already, or if you haven't shared it with a friend yet, you should do that now because I think we're going to have a lot of fun over the course of this season. Seth, uh, I feel like in, in Nate's absence, you should uh, give the final words that will send our, our dear listeners into, uh, what could only be described as a rousing weekend preparing
3: for a football weekend, just a few days away. I've got the perfect thing because I'm making my triumphant return to the pages of The Athletic shortly, maybe even by the time you're listening to this. So here's what I will say. This is the introduction to the article coming soon to you in The Athletic. Whoever called Christmas the most wonderful time of the year was, with all due respect, completely wrong and clearly not a fan of the NFL. The most wonderful time of the year is, in fact, upon us. It's the early days of September when the NFL has finished its seemingly endless preseason and training camp, and is about to start the real action. It is the pinnacle of what it means to be a sports fan because, and I will just say this, every young player is showing flashes of dominance. Every veteran is in the best shape of his life and on a mission to right some wrong. And the appetizer of the NFL action the preseason provides has fans salivating for the meal to begin. The meal is here. Let's eat. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.